This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Shall we begin? <laughs> Expecto Patronum! So, how did you like your first day in big school? Great! Oh. And what is this? Due to your son's preference, he will be known as Gogol in school. Mrs. Lapidus Principal. Hmm. And what about your parents' preference? In this country, the children decide. He wants to keep Gogol and not Nikhil as his good name. Fine, no big deal. With the president named Jimmy, there is nothing we can do. As long as our kid is happy, you know. BFM 89.9, it is 7, let's call it 39. Uh, you are listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn and Sharmila. Arvin is taking a couple of weeks break. He's going to be back in August. Uh, but in the meantime, we'll be on our own with a couple of friends. And um, today, we are throwing back to 2006 to The Namesake, which was directed by Mira Nair and uh, starring, as you heard there, Tabu Irfan Khan. And uh, not yet, you didn't hear him, but Carl Penn. So um, I think to come clean, uh, we got we arrived at the namesake for this week's throwback because we are going to be reviewing Miss Marvel tomorrow. Um, and so the, the themes of South Asian migration to the West and family and learning um, to balance that sort of uh, immigrant identity with what it means to be, um, well, in that case, British, but in this case, um, uh, sorry, actually both are American. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, American. Um, so we saw some natural parallels. Also, I was flabbergasted to realise Lynn had never watched The Namesake. And so I basically bulldozed her into having to do the throwback this week. Did you shout? In my memory, you shouted. I, I did. I did shout. And then we circled a few other titles. And then I shouted again. <laughs> did we decide not to do The Namesake for some reason? Yeah. And then we picked it. Yes, yes. It was tense. <laughs> it was a <laughs> tense moment in our friendship. No, so I'm really glad uh, to have seen this. I, I think... Okay, I'm going to do what we usually do at this point in the show and explain the story a little bit, even though I don't think it needs much of it, to be honest. Um, the namesake is basically about one family, the Ganguly family, um, who basically migrated to America very soon after the the mother and the father, the patriarch and the matriarch, uh, Ashok and Ashima, got married in India. Uh, they came to America to start a life and subsequently they had their son, Gogol, and then later on um, a daughter, Sonia, who it plays a lesser role in the film. But it's really about... Um, it's really about this family. There isn't much more to the plot than that. There isn't some large thing that happens or something that they're working towards or, you know, some end game. really. What it is, is a celebration of, in many ways, what love can look like. And I think what it means to be a family, even if it doesn't fit the traditional mold of what we think of in a uh, American movie setting, which is to say everybody hugging at Christmas or, you know, it, it doesn't have those beats, but it's such a lovely film. 
you said nothing much happens and you're right. Um, and I think that's because this movie is actually just more interested in what happens with life. So essentially life happens in this film, right? And the tone of the movie, um, even when dramatic things happen, even when there is a huge life-threatening accident, even when someone's marriage falls apart, the movie doesn't take on a dramatic tone. Mm. Instead, it's all told in this sort of um, slightly nostalgic, very melancholic, um, slow and and introspective way. Um, and I think what's really beautiful about the namesake and especially upon rewatching, and, uh, you know, I've grown up over the years watching this film at different points in time. I think at each point you find different things about their life, especially Ashok and Ashima's life. Interesting. Um, you know, they're, they're adorable as the newlyweds who are just learning to get to know each other in a new country. But then they're equally um, arresting as uh, the older parents learning to deal with their kids who are so American when they're not. Um, and there's something very beautiful about the way the film just focuses on small everyday moments and turns them into something so memorable. My favourite thing about this film is, uh, aside from the performances, which we'll get to shortly, is the fact that it really adheres to the principles of show, don't tell. Uh, and I, I feel that Oddly enough, the comparison I wanted to make in this moment is to Mat Kilau. Um, and there's a very specific reason why, why I'm invoking that. And that's because um, in that film, one of my primary criticisms was how the editing, I thought, did not serve the story. In other words, that it was jumpy, that it moved from scene to scene. Every scene lasted like a minute before we, we would move on. And while watching The Namesake, I have to admit I felt a, a pang of guilt because... Um, we're talking about it as if it lingers within the story. Um, like you said, life happens. But the, the stuff that you just described, a life-threatening accident, somebody's marriage falling apart, um, even, even life-changing losses, mm. the things that happen, you know, just as we grow up, as, as you love people, lose people, those things actually happen in a very chapteresque feel, right? The story has a picaresque quality in that it's short little scenes that encapsulate moments that give you um, a portrait of a family, but through little glimpses into their daily life, into why their son is named after Nikolai Gogol, um, you know, a, a Russian writer who a teacher later describes as basically a weirdo. Um, you know, why, why it is that why it is that they came to America even. These scenes are all actually quite short. And I was wondering why I felt differently about this film in comparison to another recent film that I just said I didn't enjoy that treatment of. And I think it has to do with the way it's shot um, and also with the way that it actually is purposeful in terms of how it's used to tell the story. It's, it's very much slice of life told in smaller slices. I was going to say that perhaps the big difference or, or the, the, the significant thing about this film is that it is very certain about the journey it's taking you on. Um, the, the, the each aspect that you kind of get shown may not necessarily be long or chunky, but the story is extremely certain. I mean, it is based on a novel by Jhumpa Lahiri. So um, when you said chapters, I actually thought um, that kind of mirrors the way the book is structured as well. Um, but that said, I, I, I think that you, you said how the film is shot and that has a lot to do with it, right? Um, the way 
they are, the way they're shot when they're young and in India and you know you can see sweat on their uh, skin mm. uh, you know there's there's um, when they're in cold countries you can practically feel the cold coming out of the screen at you um, Mira Nair is such an accomplished filmmaker and I think this is one of her finest works the use of um, the, the way people are framed the way cities are framed uh, the way uh, people look at each other on camera um, and I think all of that helps you take more away even from the smallest, briefest of scenes. I have so much to say about the performances because I think that um, we're, we're circling it now. You know, mm. we've been talking about how it's shot, um, the way in which the the moments and the beats of the story are delivered. And so much of that lives and dies on the strength of the performances, which we'll come back and talk about. We are discussing and throwing back today, ahead of Miss Marvel tomorrow, our review, um, we're discussing The Namesake, which was directed by Mira Nye. It's based on a novel by Jhumpa Lahiri, which uh, you just mentioned, Sharmila. And yeah, let us know. I mean, did you watch The Namesake? If you are interested intrigued by this review, by the way, um, it is actually out on Disney Plus. So yes. that's where you can catch it. But let us know if you've actually seen it, if you plan to rewatch it. You can WhatsApp us 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Bole for Malaysia. Ha. BFM 89.9, the business station. I kept hearing Gosha's voice in my head. Back a pillow and blanket. See the world. You will never regret it. That is how I came to America. And you got your name. Come. Maxine will be waiting for you. Baba, is that what you think of when you think of me? Do I remind you of that night? <laughs> Not at all. You remind me of everything that followed. Every day since then has been a gift. Go on. BFM 89.9. It is 7.48 and you're listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn and Sharmila. We are throwing back to 2006 and the namesake. And this is, well, we're looking at another warm and rather lovely Immigrant story, migrant story, um, ahead of reviewing Miss Marvel tomorrow, which shares a number of the themes that we've been talking about today. But I think the time has come uh, to talk a little bit more about the performances because we. I started off by talking about the story, right, of what I would... I would regard as the central couple. <laughs> I know I know that it is ostensibly um, Gogol's story and Gogol is played by Cal Penn. Um, and it's really, because he, in some ways, is the first generation, right? He's he is the, one. the namesake. Exactly. Yeah. So it's... Oh, yeah, he's, yeah, the, yeah, he's the recipient of the name. Yes, of yes. course. Yeah. So he is supposedly, you know, it, it is his story. But for me, and I don't know about everybody else, I suspect it may be the case, it is really Ashok and Ashima who are the heart and soul of the story. I feel like even, I feel like halfway through shooting the film, um, that everyone involved in the film also realised that they were the heart of the story. Because every time Irfan Khan and um, Tabu are on screen, you cannot take your eyes away from them. Individually, they're great. Together, they're magic. Like, Rewatching this, I realized they're one of my favorite on-screen couples. Um, just because 
they feel real. Um, their relationship, it feels real. Um, the way their relationship is depicted and evolves also feels true to life when you look at it within the immigrant lens. Mm. Um, that their love story is not a Americanized version of a romance. Um, instead, it is exactly what you would imagine a couple that came from Calcutta in the 70s uh, to the US, what they would think of as being closeness and love. Not just what they would think of, but, you know, in many cases, right, when we watch first-generation um, immigrant stories, I think there's a reason why around the world there is often this hue and cry about inclusion and how we feel included even when it's not strictly our stories. Um, and a lot of that, I would say, actually, doesn't have to do with race. It has to do with living in families like that, even mm. if they were not migrant families, um, understanding what it's like to be raised, frankly, across the board by Asian parents. And so um, because you have that understanding, that's why you feel that sense of closeness to these stories, even if it's not your culture, even if, uh, as is currently the case, we are Malaysians living in Malaysia, not people who migrated to America. But in this, in this, I think, um, many of us watching it would be able to recognize that this isn't just what they perceive as love, but it is what we understand as love from our parents, yes. from our grandparents. It, it's the stuff that we know. And the performances, frankly, are, I feel poetic. And a lot of that is because they're very silent, aren't they? Um, we've clipped so far. We've had a little bit of uh, Tabu. We've had a little bit of Irfan Khan. Um, they don't speak a lot. There aren't really monologues. There aren't really long arguments or exchanges. Instead, a lot of... It's not a film you can second screen. It's mm. a film that you actually have to be watching the whole watch time. You them, yeah. Yes, because a lot of their relationship, how they feel, how they're relating to their kids... Um, a lot of that comes through in, in body language, in the way that they, they use their hands or the way that they angle towards or, you know, um, away from people, one another. And yeah, I just loved it because it's, I don't know, I, I feel like, again, going back to show, don't tell, we don't always get these kinds of performances, especially in family dramas, where there's sometimes this need to say explicitly, this is all about that time when I was six. <laughs> And you didn't let me do this, you know? And, and there's no such revelatory moment in the namesake and it's all the better for it. And I think it's actually really important to show that when you show a story of migrant parents, um, you show that their relationship was fun, that their relationship was sensual, that their relationship had a depth beyond just being these migrants, you know? And Honestly, one of the things I was thinking about was how in this age of um, wanting representation on screen, showing um, multiple stories of people who are not your white people, you know, central trope, we don't get movies like The Namesake very much. In fact, not at all in the last few years, right? Mira Nai herself is not really making exactly. movies like this. Yeah, and, and when you talk about a love story, like I want more stories like these. Um, I want more stories with great actors like these, you know, who don't necessarily come from uh, the same sort of um, let's depict a particular story in a particular way. Um, and, and that's actually why I love Miss Marvel and uh, the family so much, which we're going to be talking about tomorrow. The other thing I thought about is how how um, they both bring a kind of performance that I think, especially when this film came out in the early 2000s, people wouldn't expect from Indian cinema. Yeah, so I was thinking about this quite a bit, right? Because 
to be fair, these are two of the more, I think, in general, complex actors anyway, that, that people would know of when they think of um, the big hitters of Indian cinema. And typically veering more art house, especially in the later parts of their career. Exactly. Um, and also, I think people would have more of a familiarity with Irfan Khan because he did a number of Hollywood yes. movies, uh, both blockbustery as well as Wes Anderson-y. So <laughs> he, he kind of went across the board, right? But I agree. Despite the fact that these are two of the more, um, again, complex, perhaps more character-driven actors in Indian cinema, it's still, there's a quietness to it. Um, and when there isn't, when there are moments of real grief or, or anger or, um, I wouldn't say ever melodrama, but drama, mm. uh, those moments are earned and those acting beats are earned. You, you don't really come off feeling like, well, there it is. That's what I expected. Now, having said that... <laughs> <laughs> I know where you're going with having this. Having said that, so... We've been talking a lot about the older couple. We haven't been speaking so much about Cal Penn, who perhaps people will know from Harold and Kumar, people will know from House, people will know from the Obama administration. <laughs> uh, so he's a more modern actor. He is American. Um, I did not feel that his performance had the same depth, unfortunately. No, and um, I, I don't know whether it's partly to do with he isn't uniformly great in the film. And then in comparison, when you're mm. sharing a screen with the subtleties that, you know, like a Tabu or Nirfan can't bring, he just feels very broad and, and like he's kind of there. He's okay. He suits the part. Is it a character problem? Because um, Gogol is in many ways the... The ingrate. <laughs> Let's just call him what he is. He's got these great parents and he's an ingrate. But I, I don't know how much of it is the character. See, in the book, I felt like it was a lot more complex. You kind of get him, but you also find him annoying at parts, especially because he's kind of growing up. The movie, I think, veers, especially, um, I think, if you watch it as an adult, towards just being, what is wrong with you? Your parents are great. Like, why are you behaving this way? And I think that doesn't help... His performance doesn't help because it doesn't bring enough complexity to that character. Okay, so I we've waxed lyrical about the film. Um, I did want to finish off, though, or rather, as we close off, I wanted to bring up one other criticism. How do we feel about the way the characters are aged? Because the thing is, um, this sees them through... Several decades, mm. right? Um, so you meet Erfan Khan and Tabu when they're younger, in fact, than the actors were when they played that role. And we leave the movie when they're older than the actors were when they played those roles as well. Uh, Kyle Penn similarly has to be a teenager, which I think, um, you know... <laughs> Less said about that, the better, I think. Yeah, but how much... How do we feel about that? Because watching that in 2006, now I don't know what they do. Now they have, you know, makeup of all sorts, but they also have CG. Mm -hmm. There's a lot that would have been done. So I, I realised that I was so invested in these characters and I love their performances so much uh, that I was willing to go along with them mm. with the suspension. Sure, do they look like does Tabu look like she's in her late teens or early 20s? Not really. Did she then later completely not look like a woman in her 60s? No. But she played it so well. She was 45, according to the film, <laughs> when she went, you know, when, when when the film kind of concludes. Oh, is that so? I thought she was supposed to be much older because the other ladies around her seemed older. Um, 
But then she actually embodies, both of them actually embody a sort of physicality really yeah. well. They change the way they walk, they change the way they talk, um, and that helps. And in a way, I'm fine with that. I don't need CGI or fancy makeup. I'm fine with that too. I just wanted to flag it uh, for people who are coming in knowing these actors. If you know what they look like mm-hmm. and you know roughly how old they were in 2006, there is a moment. <laughs> there, there are moments, especially when they're younger, where you're like, Oh, okay. Early suspension of disbelief. But that is a really minor quibble. Um, I guess, thank you for yelling at me. You're welcome. And once in a while, it yeah, works. No subtlety <laughs> in comparison to the otherwise grand subtleties of uh, the namesake, which again, I just want to say, um, if you have not seen, lovely, really enjoyed it. And it is out on Disney Plus, which is also where our, we've got a Disney Plus heavy week. Mm. Um, it's also where our show tomorrow is located. Tomorrow we're reviewing Miss Marvel. If you want to prep ahead of that, then, you know, the namesake might be good. Let us know, did you watch it when it came out? Um, do you enjoy it? Do you plan to? You can WhatsApp us 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio and write to us at movies at bfm.my. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.